You are listening to the You Are a Lawyer podcast. I am the podcast host, Kyla Denano, a 2015 law school graduate. This podcast was created to share the experiences and successes of law school graduates who created their own paths to career success. In episode 41, I am speaking with a public speaking specialist and lawyer. This guest teaches educators and lawyer types to communicate online. Based in Honolulu, Hawaii, today's guest is Elizabeth Steele. So Elizabeth, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Kyla. And I wanted to say, I was so glad that I found you. Oh, I was like, I think she's talking about me. Like I, I never took the bar. I am not, you know, like, like, I think she's speaking to me. I so. am. And I have to say this, I, I never do this, but you are in Hawaii. And I think that is the coolest thing ever. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. I have been uh, in Hawaii for about, oh, 16, 17 years. I've lost count to this point, okay. <laughs> but I'm from suburban Washington, D.C., college okay. in Pinterest County, Maryland. Both my husband and I grew up in PG County and found our way out here. And we love our life and our friends and you know, our, our family. Yeah. So, so 16 years, can you even imagine coming back to the mainland? Yes, actually. Okay. <laughs> so we have a four-year-old daughter and I will say that I've been thinking more and more about it. One set of grandparents is here, which is amazing. She gets to see them every day. Yeah, I would love it if she were closer to both her paternal grandparents and aunts and uncles. And so we do think about it, you know, the cost of living and all the things that I must say that this is a great place to ride out a global pandemic. Absolutely. I'm sure. Side note, my husband and I have been looking at places to vacation and I was like, why don't we go to Hawaii? We're like, because it's expensive to eat there and all the rest, but (laughs) Hawaii would be a great place. Oh my gosh. Well, please look me up when you're here. I'll run out to the airport. (laughs) <laughs> you know, bring you a malasada, a Portuguese donut, and <laughs> talk up the coffee and welcome you. Yeah, I need to get out. I hadn't been anywhere since May 2019. Mm-hmm. So I needed to have one trip to be like, okay, I remember traveling. Because I wanted them to come with me to Atlanta because I stayed with my law school roommate and we just were hanging out. Like all we did was eat and go to museums. But we were just so overwhelmed with, do we travel with the stroller? Do we hope Uber has a stroller? Do we do... And I was like, it's just getting to be too much. Just let me go and come back. Um, but of course, once I was there, like one day into the trip, I'm like, oh, she would love it here. She would love to do this and that and this and that. So, And there's time and there's time. I, I miss traveling for all the reasons that you just stated, you know, this idea of kind of, I remember what it was like to travel, but also I remember what I'm like when I'm traveling, mm-hmm. right? There really is something kind of magical that happens when you're in a place where no one knows you and you can just yeah. explore the city, explore yourself, exploring the city. It's lovely. Let me tell you like the first hour when I got off the plane, I almost was like, I felt like I was 19. <laughs> I was like, I can just go to any restaurant. I can just Uber wherever I want to go. I ended up getting an Uber to the museum. And then I just walked like two miles to a restaurant and was just hanging out. And I was like, no one's looking for me. No one's expecting stuff. I was like, I don't have to feed anyone while I'm eating breakfast. I was like, oh my gosh, this feels great. She's great. I'm making little, I'm making little hearts, little (laughs) hand hearts for those of you who are listening. Cause that's just, I know. So you're in Hawaii now, originally from suburban DC and your resume is quite impressive. Very impressive. You actually worked for the White House before attending law school, and you were in the role of special assistant to Thurgood Marshall Jr. Did that inspire you to attend law school? 
I think I always knew that I wanted to go to law school. I didn't know what that meant, but I, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, I think as a first generation law student, I didn't have a lot of understanding of what it was going to be like, but I knew this is something that smart people did. People who had good grades, you know, you either went to medical school or mm-hmm. law school and I didn't have any facility in math and science. And so off to law school, I went and I was a political science major. I was a White House intern. And I look back at myself and I almost don't recognize her, but she was very ambitious. And she was like, I'm going to do this and this and this. And she did some of those things. And working for Thurgood Marshall Jr. was absolutely the highlight of my like young career. Yeah. He's an extraordinary person. I learned so much from him. He's, we're very different. Um, he's very laid back and funny. And um, I am like the Energizer bunny. And so <laughs> we were quite the team. And I was uh, really a girl Friday to him. Um, his position was assistant to the president and secretary to the cabinet. Wow. And it was really, it was a magical, magical time. Our offices were in the West Wing and we had pagers, which at the time was like amazing because no mm-hmm. one had pagers yet. This was like before, the before times. And it was, you know, like walking into the West Wing to go to work, eating at the White House mess and wow. you know, sharing hallways with famous people. It was really, it was like a dream. It was also a thousand bazillion years ago. <laughs> so when I look back at pictures, I'm like, oh, wow. It does feel like it was, it's in a galaxy far, far away from my, my present situation. Yeah. So were you working on legal matters as the special assistant? No, I was pretty much working on a schedule. So I, you know, my, my, I'm keeping my boss on schedule, <laughs> making, you know, I literally it's a little bit like being somebody's secretary, but I think that, you know, it's like they call it a special assistant, but you're just really like the person who manages the details where he needed to be, what time it was, it was a magical time. And so if you're listening, Thurgood, I, I miss you terribly and hope you're well. <laughs> we actually just got in touch after many years, yeah. just we emailed back and forth our key memories from those days. Yeah. So I'm going to fangirl here right now. Did you go into the Oval Office? Have you been in there ever? Yes. Yes, I have. I have. Yeah. It's like the chicken skin. It's like West Wing, but a lot smaller, like the West Wing television channel. Just way, way smaller. (laughs) It's a very teeny place. And you'll be there. So when you go, you're like, oh, yeah, Elizabeth said. Really small. (laughs) Really small. Think of like a tiny house. Like knocking on the door, like, Mr. Marshall, you you have a meeting in 10 minutes. (laughs) I did. I did. Okay, very cool. Well, that's exciting. And so not to downplay what you did next, you then went to Yale Law School. What was Connecticut like for you? I was actually born in New Haven. My father was a graduate student at Yale. Uh, He has a PhD in psychology. Um, And I went back to Connecticut as an adult. I think I started law school 26, 27. And, you know, I have to say New Haven um, at the time, you know, it's a city with lots of challenges. It was a bit gray, rainy, (laughs) not particularly beautiful place. And I really found law school to be kind of not my jam. So it was a difficult three years. I will say that my friendships that I made in law school, wow. I mean, I still, yeah. it sounds like you just had a wonderful visit with your law school roommate. My best friends from law school, you know, they are very much present in my, in my life now, 20, 25 years later. Mm-hmm. So law school is typically a tough time for people. Did you ever get to a point where you enjoyed law school or were you like, wow, when can this be over? I was like, wow, when can this be over? Pretty much for the jump. And it was a really long three years. I felt like a fish out of water. I think it was much more about me and what I was kind of going through personally at the time. 
And then there's just like all the pressures of law school. And then, mm-hmm. you know, of that law school it was really challenging. And I talk to young people all the time about whether to go to law school in my current role. And I always suggest to them, you know, go and reach out and talk to some lawyers, find some lawyers. And I just didn't have any in my immediate network. The people that I worked with at the White House who were attorneys were not practicing. And I kind of didn't put that together. Like, oh, all these people went to law school and they're super smart and they're doing all these exciting things. I want to do those things, right? I didn't realize that those things are not what, you know, many of their law school classmates ended up doing. Yeah. And so I chose exemplars who themselves had made unusual choices. So it was hard for me. I didn't get the whole clerkship thing. And I think I was too shy. I'm not shy, but in that way, I was very shy about kind of saying to people like, wait, what is this thing again? And like, why mm-hmm. is everyone freaking out about clerkships and, you know, feeder classes and professors and the star system? And I, I was just kind of turned off by all of it. And yeah. so I hold up with a couple other students who also had been out a couple of years and we just kind of wrote it out together ate a lot of pizza, watched a lot of Buffy the Vampire Slayer <laughs> and uh, waited those, for it to be um, over. Those really good friends that you made, were they out of state students as well? Yes. Yep. And I asked that, I know you're probably like, what? And audience bear with me. So I was looking back at law school and I had like five people that we were just thick as thieves and we were all out of state students studying in Louisiana. Mm. And I think there was just something we could just look at each other and know that you weren't from Louisiana and it just like bonded us all. <laughs> That's hilarious. Mm-hmm. So I love that. I think that happens at the University of Hawaii Law School. I think there's a certain bonds that emerge and are developed between our out-of-state students. There are very few students at the Yale Law School who are also from Connecticut, I found. Okay. So it's really much more of a kind of a national school. So people are coming from all over. So my besties, one was from Austin, Texas, and the other actually grew up in Texas and was living in Massachusetts beforehand. So I think we looked across the sea of bases and connected in other ways because we were just enough older that the rest of it just kind of seemed a little high school-y. I was going to say, my mind is saying frivolous, but I'm like, yeah, I was, I was just, you know, it was like all these eager beavers ready to like, you know, take on the world. And like, you know, they all wanted to work at the White House. And I felt like I was just came from the White House. You're like, all wrong. <laughs> but I do feel like my crew, the things we really just enjoyed about each other is that we have this like, you know, little, little sliver of real, real life that we could kind of bring into our friendship. Yeah. Absolutely. That's a really good perspective. And that's interesting because me and my bestie, the one that I was just with, we were older when we went to school as well. So there might've been just overall something just just about each other that drew us in. So, so I find it so fascinating that law school was like this, oh my God, terrible place. Cause I would have thought the white house would be like that maybe in, in some departments. Oh, that's interesting. I think, I think it probably was. I think there are lots of, I remember a lot of people who I worked with had known each other previously, had worked in the campaign mm. and then gone from campaign work to work at the White House. Okay. And I, I didn't do that. I was a college student and was an intern and then a staffer. And so I remember definitely feeling, even in that situation, that my creation story didn't match theirs and felt like they would talk about, oh, remember the time when we were in Arkansas? And I'd be like, yeah, no, I, I don't. I wasn't. <laughs> So I think maybe that's a theme that I'm actually seeing in my life. I'm at 47 and I feel like only recently have I started to kind of feel like, wait, no, actually this is just who I am. And I take up a lot of space and that's who I am. Yeah. I'm late to that game. (laughs) Very late. (laughs) But as as long as you find it, that's all that matters. So thank you. Thank you. So speaking of this is just who you are. Currently, you're working as the director of admissions with the University of Hawaii at Manoa. What are most days like as the director of admissions? You know, the University of Hawaii Law School is a really special place and our students are extraordinary. They come typically from the Hawaiian Islands and all over the Pacific. And 
I find kind of watching them on that journey to be incredibly exciting. My days, I think in the last five or six years have not been personally as interesting to me as they were in the beginning when I was kind of figuring this whole job out. I'm one of those um, folks who gets really excited about new projects and enthusiasms. In the beginning, it was like, oh, we're going to innovate. We're going to do these great things. And then it's like, okay, we kind of, we figured out a system that works pretty well. Now it's just kind of running itself. Mm -hmm. And that's when I started kind of feeling like, oh, wait, is there, is there, (laughs) there are there other things I can be doing that are kind of outside this? Yeah, exactly. And then we had a global pandemic and lots of time to kind of examine what made us happy, where we wanted to be. And um, I chose to leave. So I will be leaving the law school after 12, 13 years. Oh, wow. Yes. Okay. I'm pretty, I'm pretty pumped. Breaking news. You guys heard it here first. That's right. <laughs> that's right. She's out. She's out. <laughs> so, okay. I have a background in online teaching, undergraduate teaching, which I did before I came to the law school. Okay. And so I'm going to be working for the Center for Teaching Excellence, which is the place that kind of supports and trains our TAs and our new faculty. It helps our faculty move on to promotion and tenure. And then in addition to that, I'll continue to do what brings me great joy, which is helping people feel more comfortable on camera. I don't know what it is. Like you can do Instagram live and Facebook lives, and it still is not the same as being on Zoom with your camera. It just, it's just not, I don't know what it is. So is teaching online and having that background, is that what prompted you to start Elizabeth LLC, where you work as a virtual stylist? Yes, it is. It's so funny, virtual stylist. I'm like, am I a virtual stylist? She's talking about me. I am. I am a virtual stylist. I taught online and I found that it was possible to really make connections, authentic, real connections with people over video, which really surprised me because everyone's like, oh, online, this and the other. And I was like, oh, that just wasn't my experience. And then fast forward when COVID happened, our dean asked me to chair the faculty committee for online readiness. And it was a fascinating summer of the summer um, between COVID to spring. And I realized, oh my goodness, I have lots of skills and experiences that I can bring to this that can help my colleagues and help our students. And so watching, being a part of that change, I found really invigorating. And one of the things I kept returning to was this kind of about the ability to make connections, right? And how we did that and why it works and Mm -hmm. when does it not work, right? A lot of us are like death by Zoom, death by PowerPoint. And so I just became super interested in figuring out how do you mitigate for that? Like, how do we kind of claw back to some semblance of reality yeah. um, when we're limited to just kind of video conferencing? And so it's been a ton, a ton of fun. Um, and I've met great people like you and um, others who are um, lawyers who are kind of marching to their own drums. And I love it. Okay. So do you only teach lawyers and train lawyers or will you train anyone? Uh, That's a great question. I started with lawyers and law students and law professors, and I would say maybe three quarters of my clients continue to be kind of law firms, law schools, professional associations. And then I'm a teacher at heart. I actually have a big contract with the Princeton County, Maryland public schools, of which I am a graduate. And so that's been really pulling me back to the classroom. So I love it. I love working with public school teachers. I think that they do is incredibly important, especially during these strange times. And Mm -hmm. and I have to say, if anyone's doing it well, our teachers are finding ways to connect online. So that runs the gamut. So I wouldn't say it's limited to it. I think it's just kind of where I got my start. And all of my clients are people who have seen me somewhere and then hired me to do what I've done again. And that's been incredibly affirming. So people are like, wait, you, you, you want me? Right? <laughs> you know what I mean? They're like, yes, I saw you at Donzo. Yeah, we want you. that. You're exactly what we want. And that feels great. 
So it's been, yeah. a, it's just, I'm not going to say I'm a viral sensation, but I will say that word of mouth referrals, they just make you feel all warm and gooey inside. Absolutely. You're very close to being a viral sensation. Your videos are so <laughs> colorful and it's just like, I can't stop watching. You're, you're happy, but it's genuine. Like your smile reaches your eyes and you're just, you're rocking it. So, so the creation of your own company, was it started because of everything that was happening in 2020? Plus you were looking for something else. I think I was definitely getting antsy. There was no okay. question about that. Then 2020. Yeah. Like in so many, so many different ways. And it was actually a woman who I met uh, who was at Stetson Law School. And she said, you know, you really should be doing this. You should like start a company and I'll hire you. And I was like, oh, whatever. So, you know, I was like, just call me. I'll do it for you anytime. Right. And Joanne was like, no, really? Like, this is what you should be doing. Yeah. <laughs> you, you are, you. And so it was a pivotal moment. I think there are times that, you know, someone kind of speaks to you or connects with you in a way. And she's still kind of my touchstone. I'm always out there like, Joanne, look at me. I'm over here. I'm doing it. Aww. I'm doing that thing. I'm absolutely grateful to her for kind of seeing how much I loved it and speaking it into reality. You know, yeah. like this, yeah, I could do this. And so it was literally after that conversation, I was like, well, you know, why not? I had earned tenure at the University of Hawaii as a faculty specialist is what we call it here. And so I had kind of gotten used to thinking, oh, I'm just going to retire here. Mm-hmm. I've got like a good 20 years in me. I'm like, I can't do this. For 20 years. You know, you're like, I can't, I can't, I, I need, I need more. And it's been women at every point. And I've always worked for men in male environments, but I feel like Elizabeth Steele LLC has really come to fruition because of lots of support from amazing women who yeah. have supported me and said, oh my gosh, no really like hire this woman. <laughs> wow. It's like, this is exciting. <laughs> he said that thing about smiles reaching my eyes. So mm-hmm. can I go back to that because one of the things I've gotten my whole life, Kyla is like, she's so fake. Do you know what I mean? And really? Yeah. And I'm like, I don't know what to do with that because I was like, wait, no, this is just who I am. Right? Yeah. <laughs> and I, every once in a while, someone would be like, oh, you're just too much, you know? And it's just like, wow, like that hurts. Cause that's not like a show. This is actually, mm-hmm. this is actually me all of the time. And so it's been a wild ride, but I feel like it's been a wild ride to return to my true self. Like I think mm-hmm. I often tried to be what other people expected or wanted to be. And then I was just miserable. Yeah. Right? And so I feel like you saw me if, and you know that I'm really having fun. So there's a couple things to that. So for everyone listening, after you look at the show notes and you go and follow Elizabeth on social media, she puts out video content. I mean, not the only thing she does, but a lot of the video content, it's her explaining something or, or diagramming something or showing how to make something better. And as a new person on TikTok, I try to do just a small video where I'm like mouthing the words to a movie. Oh my goodness. Like you have to overact to get it. What you're doing in your normal life does not portray on a camera. Does that make sense? It totally does. I was just talking to some teachers at the university about this. I feel like TikTok has so improved my teaching. You know, (laughs) I always prided myself on being someone who really cared about teaching and wanting to engage students, but TikTok, I liken it to folks who've said they've done improv and how that Mm -hmm. comedy stand-up has helped them become better speakers, better performers. And I'm like, like TikTok is a humbling experience. (laughs) There's no wiggle room. Like it either works or it totally doesn't work. And, you know, there's still reasons I'm not sure why something took off. And and another thing didn't, and people are like, oh, it's the algorithm. But I don't think it's that. I think it's actually like sometimes you are just, you hit onto a truth or 
a moment that people connect with and they're making content for free and sharing it. And I'm like going to pee my pants laughing so hard, yeah, like laughing that hard. And um, I may have also talked to several lawyers about how they might, you know, benefit from actually understanding and learning kind of the rhythm of this new, this new medium. It's exciting. It's exciting. I can't wait to see what you're doing out there. It is. It's very exciting. And what I love about listening to your story, I don't even think I, I think I may have overlooked the part that you were a professor. I mean, you've done all of these highly organized, very structural things, right? White House, law school, professor, director of admissions. You can't just say, oh, today we're going to paint the offices pink. You know what I mean? You can't do what you want in any of these roles. And now you're pivoting into something where you can. That's a really big deal. At the law school, I've worked for two amazing deans. One with whom I've worked for 11 years, Dean Avi Soifer who is just, you know, prince among men and who really gave me a lot of latitude. If you've got an idea, just do it. Mm -hmm. And I could deliver. Very much appreciated the last year or so with Dean Camille Nelson. She's the real deal. (laughs) And what I have, and we were friendly before, but like seeing her in this role, it's just like, wow. She said to me when I said, you know, I I think I want to leave. And she said, you know, that she admired the choice. And she said something which I hadn't realized at the time, which is very similar to what you said. She's like, it's really quite powerful to decide how you want to spend your time and who you want to spend it with. And that's something maybe because I didn't know business people, I didn't have entrepreneurs in our family. Like, so this was like, whoa, wait, really? Like I'm just out here and people are, you know, and I'm, I'm, you know, I'm creating my content. I'm connecting with people who I feel get me Mm -hmm. and it's building on itself. And it's like, whoa, I could have been doing this all along. And so I love it. And it really is the people along the journey with me. That's all the better. And you know, it may not have picked up if you did it five years ago, this might be just the perfect time for it. I don't know that this existed five years ago. Yeah, there's that too. (laughs) And so it really is exciting to look out now and see lots of other people who are entering this field and bringing so much energy, Mm -hmm. you know, to it from all different walks of life. Yeah. Um, Right. And so, you know, see people who are former actors, you know, former radio talk show hosts, right. That everybody kind of brings their own angle into it. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. One of my, she's my mentor in my head. Someone that I follow online, my leak teal, and her quote is create the things you wish existed. And I'm like, I love that. So I do love that. I feel like I <laughs> like it finds me to write with. I love that. And I feel like for, I don't know whether it's because I'm looking for them, but I just feel like I keep getting these signals from the universe of other strong women who have said, oh no, I can, I can go my own way. Right. Yeah. I can make, I can make my own path. And I'm like, yes. And me, and me too. <laughs> me too. <laughs> And so I love it that people are using podcasts, for example, Mm -hmm. right, to spotlight unusual stories. And I think it's just, it can be so empowering to hear stories and to think about, you know, choices you've made in your own life and what you might do differently. Yep, absolutely. Inspiration. Yeah. So I just have a couple of things here. So in addition to Elizabeth Steele LLC, you also volunteer with a number of different organizations. Mm -hmm. Um, Do you have any details about the work that you did with the Law School Admissions Minority Network? So the Minority Network, which we now call the network, literally a group of people of color in law school admissions and who get together to really reconnect, to commiserate, to strategize together. I've been on the executive board just stepping down now for, oh, it's been years, many years. And I will say that the experiences I've had with my colleagues, I've just, 
I look to them. It's like having your, like your aunties or your big sisters, you know what I mean? Like, and, and, and some big brothers too. It's been a place where I found so much comfort and inspiration okay. um, from other folks who do this kind of work. And so my, I mean, my role was just to kind of facilitate our listserv and keep everybody kind of like welcome to people. But it, you know, we, I had a mentor, um, Shahoe Reed, who was previously the admissions dean at USC Law School. And she and I become lifelong friends and uh, no, it's been, a, it's been a great network. Thank you for, for, for asking about that. I think oh, it's the course. first time anyone's done that. So <laughs> thank you. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was fascinating. I was looking at it. Um, for everyone who doesn't know, when I prepare for the podcast, I always look at a guest uh, LinkedIn page and I ask them for a biography and um, about 11 questions where they talk about themselves. And so I have a little bit of background information. And unfortunately, I can't talk about everything, but there are a number of things that I'm like, ooh, that, that, that. So <laughs> uh, that one jumped out at me. So oh, well, thanks. Um, and then lastly, Elizabeth, before we started recording, you mentioned that you were so happy to be here and you were like, oh, this podcast is for me. What was it about the podcast that made you want to share your story? Oh, thank you. Someone had shared an interview that you had done. I went and I was like, oh, that's interesting. And so then I went and clicked and I found you. And then I went and found the website. And I just, <laughs> it, and I loved how you spoke so candidly about your experience taking the bar exam. And I just thought, wow, like I never took a bar for a bunch of reasons, not because I didn't think I could do it, but because it just, I knew I didn't want to practice. I didn't mm-hmm. know where I wanted to practice. And I was just kind of over it and done. I was like, look, I got the degree. I'm out of here. <laughs> But I do remember, and actually I think it's Thurgood who said, if you don't take the bar, the rest of life, you're going to be answering this question, which is like, why didn't you take it? Are you not smart enough? And, you know, I haven't had that experience. Okay. And that was one thing I was like, oh, I love this idea that there doesn't need to be shame in this, Mm -hmm. right? That you can walk away from something that kind of isn't serving you whoa, you know, you can go to yeah, law school and I've been a miserable attorney so, and think it's okay to say that and to share it. And just because I'm good at something doesn't mean I have to do it. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And what I love, and it sounds weird to brag on my own show, but <laughs> I talked to so many diverse lawyers. I mean, people that loved practicing and just opened a business on the side, people who never took the bar, people who hate practicing. And I was really intentional about not making this, I hate the bar exam show. It's just, if you've graduated from law school, you're a lawyer, come talk to us, you know? And I am, I'm actually shocked at all the diverse like job roles and businesses that people have. I'm like, wow, we are really out here doing everything. So we are, and your show actually gave me permission to kind of lead with that. You know, if someone made the assumption that I was licensed, I would always correct them, you know, ethics and all that. I would say, oh no, I'm not licensed to practice. Can't give you advice. Right. But I, I never thought of it as a strength, Mm -hmm. right? Like the choice to not do something is actually the choice that's, that's valuable. It is. So thank you. Thanks for, thanks for telling our stories. (laughs) Thanks for making it okay to talk about it. It is. It absolutely is. You can go to Yale Law School. You can work at the White House and you can not want to practice. Who would have thought? Who? Uh, I wouldn't, I don't think I would have. My younger self (laughs) wouldn't have thought this was an option. (laughs) See, so it is. So thank you so much, Elizabeth. You are very welcome. Bye. Uh, Bye. Thank you for listening to You Are a Lawyer. While you are here, subscribe to the show, leave a rating, and tell a friend about this episode. New episodes are released every other Thursday. Thanks again for listening. I hope you enjoyed the conversation. Bye.